Okay. So you have a philosophy. Almost. Yeah. Um, and do you mind sharing it? Yeah. With I have this, like, yeah. theory about sort of humanity and, like, who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this. So way back in the day, like, way back before, like, humans communicated with each other and we were all just living in, like, tents and huts and tribes and just different every part of the world but not interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, humans, in my sort of understanding and kind of what I like to think of it, is that humans develop these three sort of um, pillars, all independently of each other. Each group of civilizations developed these three things that I think are very, like the core of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. And the first one is language. The second one is shelter. And the third one is music. And I think that that speaks a lot to who we are, whoops, who we are as a people because language we were communicators we're writers we're artists we draw and i think like pictures that's a part of language and the way we speak to each other and the way we communicate and gesticulate and all of that and then shelter is yeah it's like the actual structure itself but it's also like your support systems and your family and your loved ones and then the third one is music completely independently of each other without communicating each like civilization of humans developed some sort of music whether it was like singing or rhythm or percussion or string or wind or something like that they all developed music and I think that that is kind of telling that music is something that's very like core and central to the human experience Mm -hmm. and I don't know if we think about it that way a lot but that is something that I like to think about because if you ask any human on earth if they like music they're gonna say yes yeah, 100%. and I think it's very core to who we are. It's expression and it's art and it's it's a way of communicating your feelings without like saying them just so expressly. Right. And I think it's it's essential to mm-hmm. humans. Yeah, you mentioned this to me last night, and I was like, "Wait, shit, <laughs> you're right, though," because yeah. you know it is a central part of who we are as humans. Like you said, you walk down the street, ask anyone if they like music, they will say yes. Yeah. Even if they say no, they're surrounded by it all the time. Mm-hmm. So whether they like it or not, it's It's a part there. of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. You can't avoid it. Exactly. And welcome, everybody, to the final episode of the first volume of the soundtracks of our lives. For the final time this season, 
I'm Rylan Martins, and with us today, we have Miss Rachel Samurda. Hello. Hi. Yeah, the finale. <laughs> how do you feel? I I didn't know that I was the finale. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I hope I make a good finale. Oh, I think you will. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. This was, again, um, one of the first few days I moved in. We all met each other, this one big group, and... You know, it just went on from there. Everyone sort of gelled together. Mm-hmm. And we just grew closer and closer and closer. Yeah. It's weird like, to think two, almost two years almost at this two point. two years, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Time flies. Time flies. This is insane. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I know you as, you know, with the friend group and everything. But we've also... I think shared a really close bond over the music we listened mm-hmm. to and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm going to give you the chance now to introduce yourself to the rest of our listeners, those who don't know you. So go for it. This is your time. Oh, okay. Hello. Um, my name is Rachel Samurda, like Rylan just said. I am a filmmaker. I'm a director and a screenwriter. Um, I go to school here at Columbia College Chicago, obviously with Rylan. Um, I'm a filmmaking major. Um, I've been making films, oh geez, for a very, very long time. Um, That's my sort of core passion in life. I love it. It's everything to me. Uh, I grew up in Southern California um, with my mom, my dad, my two sisters, my two little sisters. I'm the oldest. I moved out here for college. Um, Probably going to move back to LA after college because, like I said, movies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, grew up in sunny California, and now I'm living out here in the Midwest. How's the Midwest? It's, cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold. It's yeah. So, it's yeah. It, it's different. It was in, It took me a while to adjust, but I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. I Chicago is one of the most amazing cities. Oh yeah. In oh, the entire world, I'm so happy out here. Yeah, and like I said before, again, yeah, we met. Um, we were all that friend group and. Yeah, the rest is history. We've mm-hmm. been on almost two years, and yeah, we've just only gotten closer, yeah. which is insane to think about. Yeah, I remember, because I met you through Ethan, yeah. who um, was on the podcast previously. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan and I went to high school together. He's one of my best friends, and he was your roommate. Yes. Um, so still then, is. Still is, yeah. uh, and will be yes. uh, next year. Yep. Um, and... So he and I were hanging out and, like, trying to bring some people together. It's like, oh, let's hang out with our roommates. We don't know anybody. And then, so, like, he... Oops, hit the mic. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Um, So, like, he brought you guys over, and I brought my roommates over, and we met Matt and his roommates across the hall, and it just kind of all clicked. And then, I don't know when you and I started talking about our music tastes. I don't know at what point... I have no idea. In our friendship, either, we started, but, I think but we just started. It was yeah, know, I think just it was a spur of moment thing. Like, oh, Rylan, you're an audio major. What kind of music do you like? And then I was like, oh, wait, same taste. Yeah, and that was really cool. That was pretty much how we got started mm-hmm. talking about it, and yeah, just from then on, you know, whatever we talked about, whatever we listened to and stuff, we would always share it with one another oh, yeah. almost. And you know, like a lot of that stuff, like stem from our childhood too mm-hmm. like what we listened to oh. when we were younger as well oh yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like wait shit <laughs> it was pretty incredible 
to find out that someone listened to all the same stuff yeah. I listened to growing up, and I still listen to that now. Oh yeah, and no, so same. Do you, exactly. It, there was a period of time where I didn't listen to like I kind of I grew up on a lot of classic rock mm-hmm. um, with my dad, and I could, I'll tell tell more of that story later, but. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time where I didn't listen to it, where I was like, ah, that's dad music. You know, I was like, stupid 12, 13 year old. (laughs) Um, And then as I got older, I started listening to it again. Um, And it's like, it's my favorite. It's the best. Like, you know, you get why it was so appealing Mm -hmm. then. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, if I could go back in time to see one concert, it would be the Kinks. (laughs) I wish I could see them live. That would be so cool. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a good lead-in. Um, <laughs> so this is the soundtracks of our lives, and you know we kind of touched on this already, but the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is you know set the scene, paint a picture, take me back in time, mm-hmm. um, tell me about the music you grew up listening to or from childhood, the earliest memories you can remember, what was the scene like, what were you doing at the time all that kind of stuff um so when i was little like little little like you know baby learning to talk little Mm -hmm. um my mother my mom who i'm very close with um was very into like arts education for kids right we did a lot of like mommy and me art classes and mommy and me music classes and like she would write books with me and we would draw and do music and all of that stuff and um i think that was really really like integral to me becoming who I am now just very creative and artistic and all of that stuff um but one of the things that she did a lot was she played a lot of music Mm -hmm. and a lot of like music that's geared towards little kids and like helping them to develop whatever education that sort of thing yeah yeah. um and I remember there's these two albums that she would play when I was little and even as I grew up a little bit, because I had little sisters who were growing up at different times. So when they were little, I was a little bit older, but we still listened to these CDs. Um, and they were called, I don't know if you've heard of them. I, it would be so cool because yeah. I feel like I talk about them a lot and people don't always know what they are. Um, Dog Train and Philadelphia Chickens, are these two albums. I don't think I've heard of them okay. at all. They're so much fun. And if anyone, if any of the listeners know what these albums are, good on you because they are the best because they're songs for kids but they're also like they're funny and they're educational mm-hmm. and they're also really good like there's one song from one of the albums by the same writer or yeah same writer same musicians um like there's one song called snuggle puppy and it's just a really <laughs> sweet song that's all about it. the lyrics are like ooh snuggle puppy Everything about you is especially fine. I love what you are. I love what you do. Oh, that's cute. Fuzzy Damn. little snuggle puppy. I love you. And then it's it, like it's so good for like little kids to yeah. listen to. And then there were some songs that were crazy, like the song Philadelphia Chickens. The lyrics mm-hmm. that were like Philadelphia Chickens, swing, slide, and roll. And it's just the song is about dancing chickens, but it's very good. There's a song called I Need a Nap, which is a hilarious song. Mm-hmm. As like a 20-year-old, I listened to that song and I laugh because it's so funny. <laughs> Um, so that was part of my upbringing was that type of music. And then the other side of it was, like I mentioned earlier, um, my dad and classic rock. And that was when I was a little bit older Yeah, that I can remember it. Um, 
I mentioned that I grew up in Southern California. It was very sunny out all the time, which means my sisters and I played outside like almost exclusively, um, which is really great, a great upbringing. I'm super grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would play in the front yard. And my dad was the kind of guy who, when he wasn't at work, he was at home. He'd be in the garage, garage door up, um, radio blasting. And I remember it was... Uh, the radio station, if you're from Southern California, you know this radio station, that's cool. Uh, it's 95.1 KLOS, classic rock. <laughs> and he would play it all the time when I was playing outside. And it was like the Beatles, Rolling Stones, the Kinks, um, everything. You know, just the yeah. all the best yeah, of the yeah, classic yeah. rock. Things that I will distinctly remember very vividly. Just like playing in the front yard and drawing with chalk and playing with dolls and our little cars and scooters and skateboards and all that stuff. And that was just the soundtrack. Like in my memory, that's, I associate those memories with hearing that music. And that really impacted me because I had such a strong connection to it. I wouldn't, I knew all the words I would end up singing along. I had my favorite songs. Um, I loved, (laughs) Uh, Goodbye Stranger by Supertramp. When I was little, I loved that song. Uh, I still love that song. It's one of my favorites. That's a great song. Yeah. Um, But when I like my favorite favorites that they would play on that radio station were the um, were the Kinks, and they would play like all all the like big hits Mm -hmm. um, by the Kinks, and I would just be dancing around and crazy, um, happy, and like I love that stuff. And then when I got older I like sort of senior year of high school and I was like, getting ready to graduate and whatnot I started feeling extremely nostalgic because I was like being forced into adulthood yeah. and you know how that goes oh yeah so I went back to that kind of music and I found a bunch of other songs that weren't played on the radio a bunch um mm-hmm. like Strangers by the Kinks is my favorite song of all time period wow. done wow. um and I didn't hear it until I was what 18 years old yeah okay. 18 years old yeah um and it's it's an amazing song it's not it's not like one of their upbeat songs it's a much slower stripped down acoustic song mm-hmm. um but that upbringing really affected my music tastes i love yeah. that like anything that has a rock influence most of the time is my jam right um yeah that was a huge influence for me all the way love that and, you know, we talked about the Kinks, the Stones, the Beatles. I know, mm-hmm. I think one of the first few things we really bonded with was our mutual love for the Eagles as well. Yes, I love the <laughs> Eagles. Oh my gosh, I I love them. I love them. Yeah, that's, there's nothing much to say. It's They're mm-hmm. so good. They're just yeah. a great man. I think a lot of that, um, some of that influence is because I was raised in Southern California is that there's a lot of that sort of LA rock that was a part of just the culture. Definitely. Um, Yeah. Take it to the limit by the Eagles is an amazing song. It really is. That song is so good. Yeah. Didn't you have an Eagles vinyl Uh, or something? You had a CD? Greatest hits. Yeah. Volume one and two. Uh I have that on vinyl. Yeah. I bought that. I remember that. I don't know when I bought that, but. Oh, that's yeah, so cool. I have cool. that, and yeah, every once in a while, I'll just spin that because mm-hmm. it is so good. I have a playlist on my Spotify that's called um, Songs I Want to Use in Movies One Day, because mm-hmm. when I listen to music, for me, music now is very tied to film because film is my 
big passion. Right. And so many of the songs on that playlist are by the Eagles. Yeah. There's something I think very like storytelling and poetic and also cinematic about their music. Oh yeah. It it feels very visual as mm-hmm. visual as an audio medium can be. Right. Um yeah, I think they're awesome. Yeah, no, it's really great with what they did. You know, if the lyrics were really descriptive, mm-hmm. the music again just tied that all in together. All yeah. the instrumentation with the words that were being sung was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you talk about Take It to the Limit. The one song I love by them more than anything is A New Kid in Town. No, that song is so so good because mm-hmm. it's stripped down but at the same time it's really big as yeah. well and there's like a lot of stuff that goes I on I love that music song. like that that's sort of a juxtaposition of itself exactly where either the lyrics are really like explosive and beautiful and intricate and then the music is really chilled out or vice versa yeah. or if the subject of the song doesn't match the tone of the song just I, I think that's really artistically interesting i love that yeah it's Mm -hmm. so so nice that's that juxtaposition that really catches Mm -hmm. your ear really you know it keeps you invested yeah and it's it makes you wonder why like for me everything in the world is based on story um storytelling i think every single human on this earth is a born storyteller Mm -hmm. um whether you're an actual novelist or an accountant i think every human has like innate storytelling in them right so i think they recognize storytelling in other art and i think that in music storytelling is something that's so important even if you don't think the song is an actual narrative story Mm -hmm. there's a story behind it there's a story as to why it was written there's a story that it's trying to tell and however they chose to produce that song with these juxtapositions that's part of the story and I want to know, like, why they chose that. I like to think about what it could mean. And I, I think it's just a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then moving on from, you know, that whole childhood aspect, mm-hmm. you talked about your parents, you know, both your mom and dad mm-hmm. a lot. Were there any other influences, other family members or friends, places that really helped you develop your music taste? Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, a lot of it came from my home yeah um and my family my extended family too like my mom's side of the family um is very italian american and so there was a lot of like uh dean martin frank sinatra yeah who i that's another style of music that i just adore yeah. um just everywhere i feel like everywhere i went there was a lot of different music i would go to my friend's parents house and they would listen to a different type of music and i thought that was always interesting mm-hmm. or i would go to like the supermarket and i would um, hear music that they play at the, at the grocery store and that was always interesting to me too I just kind of like to take in whatever I could yeah so like just everything mm-hmm. at once yeah yeah I have a very not super broad music taste but it's relatively broad yeah but it has changed a lot over time mm-hmm. um, which I think is a lot to do with like the stages in my life like I have different sort of soundtracks for each stage in my life yeah and I think each of those soundtracks had an influence at the time. Wonderful. Let's touch on those soundtracks and those different moments in your life because, you know, they were definitely pivotal moments in your life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would love to hear, you know, those different moments, what 
was the feeling or what was the emotion behind that yeah. that kind of stuff and how did the music help you through it how did it relate to what you were feeling at that time yeah um so when i was really little we talked a lot about classic rock and the music that my mom would play for me um which the classic rock was like i think an unintentional influence because i was right. just on in the background yeah and then the music my mom played for me was a very intentional influence like that was like a decision that she made mm-hmm. which i'm always grateful for um and then moving on into like preschool uh i went to a religious preschool there was a lot of religious music um which i, I think is very beautiful too mm-hmm. um and then into elementary school I think we take for granted how long elementary school is. We start elementary school when we are, like, what, four? Kindergarten, you're four, five? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you leave elementary school when you're, like, 11. Yeah, that's like a, 10, 11. That's yeah. a really long time. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it does, like, six years doesn't really sound like that long, but for a kid, that's it's a long eternity. time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's really formative and developing in those years. Um, and so a lot of that was that classic rock that my dad would play. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it was as I got older, um, when I was like nine, 10, 11, like radio play yeah. was really big because I really wanted to, um, sort of explore my own taste in music, something right. that wasn't what my parents were listening to, something that my friends were listening to, or that I thought was cool. Um, yeah. and for some reason, the song that always reminds me of fifth grade was uh, Dynamite by Tayo Cruz, which yes. I, I think people forget how old that song was. That it's, song is really old. It came out in what, 2010 or 2009 yeah. or something. So it's almost a decade old mm-hmm. at this point, and even more than, and it's still prevalent today. I yeah, feel. I want it totally holds up. That song is a bop. Mm-hmm. Um, but that music and music like that, yeah, um, like Sean Kingston, yeah, that was yeah. a lot of what I listened to when I was like, 10 or 11 um which i don't know if that's always appropriate music for a 10 or 11 year old but that was what was on the radio and that's what my friends liked and so i liked that Mm -hmm. and that will always remind me of that and i'd still bop to that stuff because yeah i don't that's music where i won't go out of my way to listen to it by myself yeah um but if i'm if i'm with friends and we're trying to bop and we're having a good time like Exactly. I will throw, throw that, that on, on. Yeah. because it's fun and mm-hmm. it brings me back to like a simpler time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was same time, Channel 11. All mm-hmm. those songs just, you know, I, yeah. every party I went to, if it was a house party or like this big banquet hall type mm-hmm. party, you know, like a DJ would always throw those songs yeah. on. And, you know, you'd always find all the younger kids on the floor mm-hmm. just jamming out to that song yeah it was the fun stuff it's good and then the flip side of that same era in my life um like third grade to fifth grade actually this one was like third grade more like to sixth grade seventh grade mm-hmm. was um taylor swift mm-hmm. i i adored taylor swift when i was like her first three albums um her titular album just called taylor swift and then fearless um those two albums really were very um important to me yeah and and very important to my development um they felt like as much as a 10 year old can feel like a song is written for her yeah i felt like taylor swift songs were written for me absolutely um and it's like looking back it's probably because she was like 15 yeah um and writing songs about being young um 
and it just it felt very like honest it a lot of them were love songs but a lot of them were not love songs i think people right. forget that not every, every song that taylor swift writes is a love song yeah um some of her music now I, i'll be one of those people i don't really care for um that's Same. and that's fine some Same. of it i think is good um but her first couple albums i still love and i know artists change and develop i'm not holding it against her it's just not really my style yeah um but looking back that music really was important to me mm-hmm. a lot of those songs were really like hit home for me or just i felt comforted by those yeah, songs absolutely yeah especially those first two albums mm-hmm. love it and then mm-hmm. moving on to later, you know, maybe middle school, mm-hmm. transitioning to high school and all that kind of stuff. What kind of helped you through that? What were your soundtracks, you know, based on in those times? Yeah. Um, middle school sucked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh about it now, but it sucked. Um, it, I had a lot of hard times in middle school with, for a lot of reasons, just bad friends and just stuff. But something, middle school was when I really turned to my developing a music taste for myself. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of songs from middle school that I can very distinctly remember that I don't Mm -hmm. really listen to anymore, even though I love them, just because, like, they're very tied to that time period that was not so pleasant. Right. Um, But there are songs that I also remember from that time period very fondly because they did, like, sort of pull me out of it a lot of the time. Um, Absolutely. Uh, One Republic, the band One Republic, I loved in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved their, most of their songs are very um, optimistic. Yeah, they're all um, upbeat. I mean, they're not <laughs> normally upbeat. You know, all, not all of them are upbeat, mm-hmm. but no matter what the tempo is with their music, it's always optimistic, yeah. hopeful. And that is something that I desperately needed mm-hmm. in middle school. And I, yeah, I turned to that. I listened to a lot of, um, oddly enough, I listened to older stuff. Not older stuff, but stuff that was popular a few years prior. I listened to a yeah. lot of Matchbox 20 in middle school. Nice. Um, I, I think Matchbox 20 sort of gets a little memed on these days. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, and I mean, okay, every meme comes from a bit of truth. <laughs> um, because they are, yeah. some of their songs are a little dated. Um, but a lot of their songs are great. Mm-hmm. I still love Matchbox 20. There's a song by Matchbox 20 called Overjoyed. Yeah. You know that song? Um, yeah, I think I've heard it. I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. It's beautiful. It's a it's a ballad. It's a love song. Mm-hmm. Um, and that song, when I was in middle school, was really important to me, even though, like, I wasn't in love with anyone. I didn't... that You know, it's not the... Uh, it's not what the song is about that's important. It's about... Yeah sort of the sentiment behind it and that song is very much like oh yeah definitely about letting yourself go and just like hoping for something to happen Mm -hmm. um which is something that i was struggling with doing at the time yeah um so yeah for me middle school was a lot of like yeah one in public a lot of matchbox 20 like lifehouse um Mm -hmm. and like was huge yeah for especially for me as well Mm -hmm. um in you know middle school like sixth seventh eighth grade ish too yeah. it was definitely one of the things i would mm-hmm. keep going back to. oh yeah mm-hmm. uh, all of that sort of i don't know what kind of genre you would call that but like the fray um plain white tees yeah it's I don't, almost alternative in yeah a sense. it's like alternative it's like adult at the alternative. Time. yeah yeah 
Because um, I know I, I know that what they called it was, and I don't know where the hell this came from, but people called it like adult alternative. Adult alternative, okay. Like something like that, Vanessa Carlton, like a thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Um, they called that adult alternative too, and it's like, you know, I don't know where it came from, but I guess it was accurate. Yeah, and that was interesting for me because it felt like something that I could keep to myself because yeah. um, it wasn't what the other kids were listening to. Right. So it felt like, oh, this is for me and no one else yeah. has to know about this. Mm-hmm. The, this these are my songs. Um, and that was really important to help with my identity at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those songs hold up. I really do. But yeah, they definitely hold mm-hmm. their own today as well. One we really talked about last night as well oh. was um, Breathe mm-hmm. in parentheses 2 a.m. By by Anna something Anna yeah that song yeah we did talk about that last night that yeah. song was crazy important to me in middle school um mm. it's a love song it's, it's such a beautiful song it's a love song but it could be used for yeah almost anything it's one of those songs that's literally about love but sort of metaphorically about everything um, yeah. which is totally my jam and it's very bittersweet and sort of heartbreakingly hopeful mm-hmm. um i highly recommend that song to anyone who yeah. is seeking out that sort of feeling it's oh absolutely it is so good i only found it like a couple of months ago and i was like where mm-hmm. has this been all my life yeah well, it's been in rachel's middle school playlist rylan that's where it's been okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that song was really, really one of my favorites at the time. Yeah, no, it was. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. So. I hadn't heard it in years until you played it last night, and it like really, really took me back. Yeah, in a in a very positive way. Just right. remembering like yeah, how yeah we were talking about just you know the world, and we were just talking about songs that really make you feel something. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a love song. It makes you feel loved, makes you feel hopeful, optimistic, yeah. or makes you feel sad, you know, and a little you know, down to the dumps and stuff. Yeah. I think music is the closest thing we have to time travel. Oh, it really, absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely. really just puts you right into that yeah. emotion because you can remember events and you can remember how you felt during those events. Yeah. But you can't, like... You have memories of feeling. Most of the time, you don't re-experience those feelings. I don't want to say all the time because there are some pretty extreme cases. Yeah. Um, but when you listen to music, you can feel those feelings again. It's it's sort of a more muted version, but it's very transportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially with the nostalgic aspect, too. Mm-hmm. It really takes you back. Any song you listen to when you were younger, you listen to it now you know, you're immediately just taken back yeah. to that time. You know, maybe when life was a little simpler. Mm-hmm. Maybe when it wasn't and you were trying to get through it. But, you know, the songs really helped. Yeah. They're also just great songs. Oh, exactly. <laughs> we loved them for a reason. Like, exactly. I think a lot of people like to look back on their music taste and cringe at some of their past music taste. And, like, I get that. You cringe at a lot of stuff you do when you're little. But yeah. it's always important to remember, like, you loved this stuff for a reason. Yeah. And if you can remember that reason, you can love it again. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was definitely that sense of relatability Mm -hmm. with the music you listen to. But above all, it was good. That's pretty much why you related to it, why you loved it so much, because it was good. Really good. Yeah. And then, you know, from middle school, 
to high school mm-hmm. in a sense what was that time like what was the music surrounding your life like then high school was really when i started getting back into um not old well like oldies quote mm-hmm. unquote oldies um like more classic rock a lot of 80s music yeah which i still love um a lot of elton john in my high school years um in the later yeah. high school years the beginning of high school it was still very like matchbox heavy fray yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of that sort of stuff yeah. um but then there's like that transition um and it's also when i started getting into more like um modern alternative rock which is my go-to genre at the moment um uh, I listen to a lot of Cage the Elephant. Yeah. Uh, which is a great band. It's another band that I think gets a lot of, um, not flack, because a, a lot of people claim that Cage the Elephant is overrated because they have this very, like, um, specific fan base. Yeah. Like, the, a lot of their fans are very similar, like minded people, which is the same for, for a lot of bands. And yeah. that's not a problem, but I think. Because of that, people like to look at bands like Cage the Elephant and say, like, oh, you're one of those people that listens to Cage the Elephant, which happens to a lot of... That's like, that happens total to like, bullshit. Yeah, well, that happens to a lot of artists like Rex it Orange does. County. There's oh, like yeah, a stereotype for people who listen to Rex Orange County. There's a stereotype mm-hmm. for people who listen to Chance the Rapper, like yeah. all of this stuff. But I think people forget that it's a great band. Yeah. Like, Cage the Elephant makes great music. Um, oh, yeah. Tame Impala. Mm-hmm. I love Tame Impala. Um I love, yeah, a lot of that. Like, that was a lot of what I listened to in junior, senior year of high school. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started getting back into classic rock. Yeah. Um, Specifically with classic rock, the Beatles, uh, the Rolling Stones, like I mentioned before. Um, Mm -hmm. And then some non-rock, some non-rock classics like Prince. Yeah. Oh, Um, Prince. Yeah. Prince, Prince has been a mainstay on this podcast, by the way. I've heard a lot of Prince because I've, I've been listening to every episode that's currently available. <laughs> um, people talk about Prince a lot and it's important. Um, oh, yeah. I have a funny story sort of about Prince. It's like a funny, sad story. Um, I remember very clearly the day that he passed. I was at high school. I was in high school. I was yeah. at lunch when I heard the news mm-hmm. um, and I got a text uh I mean, I got a bunch of texts like, oh, my gosh, did you hear Prince died? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was really sad. And I, it was interesting to see how many like high school students were affected by Prince's death, yeah. which I think is a testament to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the high school I went to. I went to an arts high school. So a lot of the people have very different tastes than other high school students. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was because of that. I think it speaks more to Prince as an artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but I got a text from my mom. My mom adores Prince. Yeah. Adores Prince. Her favorite music, um, which I is also some of my favorite music. Prince, U2. Oh, um, yes. I love U2. You and I talked about U2 for like two hours once. We did. Yes, we did. <laughs> U2's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I got a text from my mom that she said that Prince died and that our house will be recognizing that Prince has died and that we will be, mm-hmm. um, she made, my mom is, in my opinion, one of the funniest people. Yeah. Um, but I also was just given her sense of humor from birth. Um, and she said that we would be holding a eulogy for Prince at our house. We didn't. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still remember getting that text and being like, oh, gosh. Um, and then I remember just the radio play that it got and 
the tweets and all of this stuff after he died. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Prince played in our house exclusively for maybe two or three weeks after he died. Wow. Um, just to honor him. Mm-hmm. And like he was like, my mom saw, has seen him in concert multiple times. Wow. She loved, she adores him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was, that was rough when he died. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, I remember it. Cause you said you were at school and uh-huh. you were at lunch and stuff. That was literally where I was when I found that out too. I was, you know, walking to lunch. It was, you know, the day he died and, I was walking to lunch. I was passing like our commons area, so right where the front doors are, and we have TVs there to show the news. And on every screen, it was like Prince, Prince is dead, dead at fifty-eight, and I was like, fifty-eight. <laughs> First of all, fifty-eight. Very young. Very young. Second, I just stood there. People could probably see my heart mm-hmm. break, like right there and then, but it was a rough yeah. rough time i actually and because i was writing for the newspaper then too Ooh, like from our high yeah. school newspaper i actually wrote a tribute to prince and like what he meant to me and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and i was like i have to i have to honor him because yeah. he was such a legendary musician yeah for me most of the celebrity deaths that impact me are a lot of actors yeah. um because so much of my heart is movies and then growing up like mm-hmm. the celebrity death that still affects me affected me the most when I heard about it was Alan Rickman yeah because I grew oh, up Harry Potter God, that, like yeah Harry Potter was my childhood from Jesus long as oh, I can remember absolutely. growing up on those movies reading those books and when Alan Rickman died it rocked my world mm-hmm. but I mean you're a music guy um yeah so I feel like you might have more um stories about like musicians death like what was the musician's death that impacted you the most the most i mean that is really difficult just because you know a lot of people have died just Mm -hmm. over the years especially a lot of great artists um over the last few years i mean prince was definitely one of them um and i think i touched on this a little earlier in the podcast like a couple episodes ago maybe but Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Yeah. That was a huge, huge. Jeez, sometimes hit. I forget that he died. Yeah. Just because it's so unbelievable. Exactly. Not it was just, by not suicide, I, yeah. too. So Oof. it was insane. You know, you never think about, mm-hmm. um, like, you think about artists, how they influence you and how they impact your life. You never think as much of how, you know, their lives were or yeah. you know, are at that point. So when he died, it was really a big hit because uh, Lincoln Park was, again, one of those like monumental bands mm-hmm. for me growing up. And I would listen to them all the time. I remember where I was when I heard that he died. Me and my sister were driving to school. And at that point, I was driving. Um, yeah. And so it was just the two of us in the car. We were listening to the same radio talk mm-hmm. show that we listened to every day in the car. Yeah. And they were talking. They're like, oh, breaking news. We just heard that Chester Bennington died. And like, oh, God. Like, and I've exactly. never been the biggest fan of Linkin Park. I like their hits. Yeah. I like listening to their hits when I'm with right. a group of people. Yeah. Um, but I still acknowledged how rough that was. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing a lot about his wife and his kids. Yeah. Um, and I also, this is a to- kind of a sidebar but I remember, was it last year or earlier this year? It might have been, it might have been like early 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw like a news story about Chester Bennington's wife, 
um, and she had started dating someone. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing all the Lincoln Park fans that were like, you're a disgrace. You are dishonoring his memory, blah, 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 blah. And I was yeah. like, that's so gross. Mm-hmm. She experienced a trauma that no human being should ever have to experience. Exactly. A spouse committing suicide. Like, that is one of the worst things a person can live through. And she was so strong and so graceful going through yeah. it all. And what three four years later she finds someone else that makes her happy and the world just decides to shit on her for exactly it. that's so disgusting right and that was i felt i was very disappointed in uh, sort of the global music community at that point. when i saw that people were giving her a mm-hmm. hard time i was like that's brutal yeah like no yeah. one should have to go through that yeah absolutely not but yeah chester bennington was a huge one um over the past few years, too, Scott Whalen from um, Stone Temple Pilots was a big one. He died. He died? Yeah. No way. How yeah. did I not know that? Jeez. Yeah, it was him. Chris Cornell was another I remember, huge one. I remember one. when Chris that Cornell was, died. I, that was I, insane because I never... That was. I listened to a lot of his music when I was um, mm-hmm. angsty, when I was a freshman, freshman, sophomore of high school, which yeah. is also around the time that he died. Exactly. Which for me that was like crazy because I had just yeah, gotten just into his hit music. You like a wave. Um, my go-to angst, angsty song at the time was uh, "Black Hole Sun." Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Soundgarden was again one of those monumental bands yeah. for me, like especially in middle school, kind of moving into high school as well. Because I was really, really into that grunge-ish scene. Mm-hmm. Scene. It was you know that rebellious kind yeah. of part of me, but. The moment I heard Chris Cornell died too, that was that was crazy, insane. Um, yeah, another band, kind of going back to the core question, because you and I will talk about stuff like that forever. Oh yeah. Um, and I know you you have on the podcast, so to prevent me from just rehashing something that's already been said, um, another band that I adored in uh, high school that was this is a something my mom started listening to. Yeah. That I sort of fell into because of her is uh train yes train is an yes. amazing band um, the amount of times we've talked about train too mm-hmm. insane yes. yeah i love train um and their album because uh, my mom really liked them and then they dropped the album bulletproof picasso which yeah. i listened to that album like front to back multiple times when i was in high school mm-hmm. um and then we saw them we saw their tour when they were doing the yeah. um I think it was the Picasso at the Wheel Tour, whatever they called it. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. sort of surrounding that album. Right. Uh, my whole family went to see them for my mom's birthday at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. And that was such an amazing concert. And they're super good live. Mm-hmm. Um, but Train is another band that holds a lot of like nostalgic value for me just because yeah. it reminds me of my mom. Right, um, right. And that's just great music mm-hmm. that I listened to at the time. Yeah. They're such a great band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember... I think, what was it? Drops of Jupiter. That album <laughs> was so, so good. Drops of Jupiter is a beautiful song. It is a beautiful song. It's a great album, too. Yeah. Like songs like She's on Fire and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, such great music. Hey, Virginia's... Oh, Meet Virginia. Not Hey, Virginia. <laughs> Meet Virginia. Yeah. Is an, I love that song. Mm-hmm. That's one of their earlier songs from the 90s. Um, right. Something that I really like about Train is I love their lyrics. Yeah. Their lyrics are weird. Um, if you mm-hmm. ever actually listen to them, because their music is so 
like the actual instrumental music is very beautiful and sort yeah. of contemporary. So you never think about the lyrics as much because you're always yeah. focusing on the music, but you know, but, take it apart. Yeah. The lyrics are and, weird. Yeah. Um, in the best way, and they're like poetically weird. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of the lyrics and drops of Jupiter are bizarre. <laughs> like, yeah. Quite frankly, no, they like, really are. The bridge, um, is. Wait, it's, can you imagine no love, pride, deep fried chicken? Like, yeah. but it's, and when you listen to the song as a whole, it makes sense because they're talking about like the little things in life that make you happy and like, um, like imagine the best soy latte that you've ever exactly. had. And, like there's things like that that are like, that's weird, but it's. Yeah, it's so arbitrary, if, but it really yeah. fits. Um. If It's Love is another song by Train that I adore. Yes. And that's another song that has weird lyrics. Yeah. Um, when I was a sophomore, yeah, sophomore in high school, we were, we were doing a poetry unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked us to pick, they, my teacher, um, shout out Ms. Gorman. Um, <laughs> she asked us to pick a song to analyze the lyrics of. Yeah. And then she would like each day for like a, couple weeks she would like play four or five of our songs for us yeah yeah, yeah. um and i picked if it's love by train and analyze the lyrics and um it's bizarre the lyrics are it weird really is, yeah. um and th- i mean through my analysis whatever that means my mm-hmm. high school assignment i sort of determined that it's about inside jokes um because the things they say don't make any sense but he says them in a way as if they should make sense yeah um, exactly it's like that one person listening to it will get, get exactly it. what he's talking yeah, about. Exactly. And I think that's something that's really beautiful is that mm-hmm. the entire world might love this song because it's a great song. And yeah, yeah the lyrics are a little kooky, but it's it, the chorus is very straightforward. Like, you know, if it's love, then we're two birds of a feather. Like, you know. Yeah. But the verses are weird. Yeah. Um, and I think really it's are. exactly what you just said. There's the one person who knows what he's talking about, yeah. that's who the song is for. Exactly. Um, and I think that's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. sharing that sort of deeply, like, intimate, nonsensical interior of a relationship with oh, the world. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the nonsensical stuff. Mm-hmm. I love stuff that doesn't make sense on paper, but when you hear it, it just comes together so yeah. beautifully. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend um, that. That song's not from this album, but I highly recommend the it, album "Bulletproof Picasso" yeah. by Train. Great and album. Then that album too, um, the one "If It's Love Is On." Save Me, San Francisco. Great album. Oh my gosh, great, great album. album. That's. I think that's another thing is I really like Train because I'm from California, mm-hmm. and a lot of their songs are about California. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drive by is from that album. No, no, no drive by is California Thirty Seven. California Thirty Seven album. Okay, yeah. California Thirty Seven is my other favorite one by them. I, it's a I'm great album. So too. bad with yeah. names and stuff, but Drive by, amazing song. Um, Fifty ways to say goodbye is a. Nu- I was about to say that's like one of those ones with weird, weird lyrics. lyrics too. It's about killing a woman, yeah. or it's about um claiming that a woman is dead when she's not By because it's easy. multiple yeah. ways yeah yeah and like it, they're weird and if you look, read it on paper you're like this song is dark as shit yeah like, oh absolutely but it's not it i mean it is but it's upbeat and like the core of the song isn't about killing someone it's about yeah. like admitting to yourself that it it's about saying they're gone that it's, from your life yeah it's easier to admit that they're dead than to admit that they left you yeah because Absolutely. you're when you're in love with someone and they leave you yeah that 
sucks. So it's, talk about juxtaposition yeah. too. That song, you know, lyrics mm-hmm. with the instrumentation. Yeah, it's a, such an a upbeat testament. song. Yeah, yeah, it's great so, stuff. So good. And then moving on, because, yeah, I'm actually going to, you know, keep it going. Because, <laughs> oh, again, right. we There's can talk about... Oh, there's a structure to the show. <laughs> oh, not even, but I, we could talk for hours and hours and hours on this And stuff. we have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, again, for the sake of the listeners, because I don't want to bore them to death. Yes, right. <laughs> and you um, can feel free to cut any of that nonsense that I just said. No, no of course not. <laughs> Talk about trade for a solid 20 minutes. I'll take that any day. Were we talking about trade for 20 minutes? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Oh I'm kidding. God. I'm kidding. That was an exaggeration. No, but um, moving on, for the sake of our listeners, mm-hmm. um, you know, you said it yourself. You have a relatively broad spectrum mm-hmm. of musical styles that you listen to. Is there a genre or style that you listen to that you really love? But when other people, you know, talk to you, get to know you, mm. they think about that and they're like they can't picture it they're they're like there's no way you like yeah. it yeah um i don't know um cuz i myself am not a super like specific person yeah i don't really dress in one style i kind of just wear whatever i want exactly yeah. um my my taste in movies is kind of varies so mm-hmm. i'm not a super like specific person i guess you could yeah, say yeah, yeah. um so i guess there's not much i can do that would surprise someone i'm pretty open i'm pretty yeah open it's book. like an open book um yeah. but i guess like I don't know, maybe like folk music. Okay. Um, yeah. I adore folk music, and I've always, mm-hmm. I've always liked folk music. Um, Mumford and Sons, love them. Um, yeah. Recently, I've gotten a lot more into folk music because my roommate Paige, who was on the podcast recently, um, I one of the things we bonded over when we first met was like, oh, we both like folk music. Yeah. And Paige introduced me to a lot of new folk music because she, like, I liked folk music, but folk music is Paige's whole thing. Oh, I mean, one, one of her many things. Yeah. Um, but, like, she introduced me to a whole new world of folk music mm-hmm. um, that I just adore. That's yeah. probably the farthest towards country I'll ever go to. Right. Um, I don't really listen to a lot of country. Um, mm-hmm. And there's always, like, a line for me when I'm listening to folk music okay. and then like if I'm listening to like a playlist of like um, I remember there was one playlist at the end of 2019 that's like a decade of folk music yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like hell yeah. yeah and a lot of it was just really good beautiful stuff that I loved like um, Blanco White yeah. I adore him I adore his music um, I'm like Lord Huron I love that mm-hmm. uh, Hozier yes oh. yes Hozier yes. and Lord Huron are so and I love them so much. Um, but then, like, there's a song that came up on the playlist, and I was like, nope, that's too country. <laughs> and I just skipped it because it's not my jam. There's definitely a line that I try not to cross. Right. Um, well, I just don't cross because yeah. it, um, it's not pleasing to me. Sorry, mm-hmm. country music fans. I like old country music. I like John Denver. Yeah. Yeah, old uh, country. Because yeah. that's, like, that's again, it's like full country in a mm-hmm. sense. So it's got that yeah. really... You know, sweet, yeah. like instrumentation in a sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. We on this podcast too, we have bashed country quite a bit. I won't bash country. No, I yeah, I won't bash I it won't either, bash but it's not my forte. Yeah. Um I I understand why people love country. Um yeah. and I and like I said, I don't hate all country. I really like John Denver. I mm-hmm. like the older stuff. Yeah. Um I always refer back to Bo Burnham. When I'm talking about country music, and I'm yeah. you're laughing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I I'm know sure. exactly what um, you're talking about. And a lot of people do. It's one of his more famous bits, is he has a song about country music and why the sort of modern, like, Keith Urban stadium country music is not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's That's really... That's pretty much it, yeah. I'm going to fall off my chair, because <laughs> I can't, don't know how to sit still. Um but I think it's very, it's exactly what I think about country music. It's just not Especially that now. type of honest, like modern country music. It's not honest. Um, mm-hmm. It's very sort of pandering to that demographic. Yeah. Um, really and commercial. you can, someone yeah. can tell me I'm wrong and I'll listen to them. People, I know one of my, I, this is an argument that I have with my best friends in the entire world. Shout out Kendall Huff, um, who is like <laughs> my other half as far as like best friends go. Yeah. And she likes country music. Um, she likes a lot of different types of music. That that girl has diverse taste, but she really likes country music. Shoot, I might um, have to have her on then. Yeah, dude, she would love oh, to yeah. be on. Um, but she can she can counteract me, and she gets it. She laughs. She's like, "You're right. It is kind of pandering, and it is kind of mm-hmm. dishonest, but it's also really fun, and I like it." And I said, yeah. "Okay, can't fault you for that." Right. Um, to each their own. Teach their own. I won't. I won't shame anyone for liking country music. What kind of person would I be if I did that? Right. I don't. Yeah. Just different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then the final part about this section, and you went in stages mm-hmm. throughout your life from your earliest memories to elementary school, to middle school, to high school, mm-hmm. even, you know, a little bit now. But I wanted to touch more on the now. The now. And get your thoughts on how your music tastes have evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, into the present um alternative is my main genre that i listen to um and that's not a surprise if you know me at all Mm -hmm. um my favorite band actually Paige. we just talked about her introduced me to this band not too long ago but Mm -hmm. they quickly um actually no instantly became my favorite band period Deal Casino. Um, we talked <laughs> yeah. about them last night a lot, oh, too. yeah. They are an amazing band um, with a a growing following, but they're smaller, and they're an indie band. Yeah. And they are so good. Uh, their music is, it's a little, it's kind of different, it's unique, um, but it, the lyrics are very poetic, very beautiful. Um, some of their songs are very, a lot more rock heavy. Some of them are more, acoustic ballady but it's very like very alternative mm-hmm. um i was supposed to see them in concert last week and then um we were hit by well we had been hit by so i had been keeping my fingers crossed um yeah. but then there was the yeah. you know oh national state of emergency global pandemic everything's shut down so my concert got canceled and i, I it yep. still breaks my heart um yeah but I will get to see them soon. We, uh, this is another little sidebar, but uh, they had a contest, sort of like a contest. They recently released a new song called Best Year. Mm-hmm. Amazing song. Um, sort of ironic considering the way that 2020 is going. Yeah, and but it's not even April. It's not even April. Well, at the time of this recording, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know when this will... It'll be released... In April. In April. Um, right now it's March. But... Yes. Uh, they did a little thing for their music video for that song. They wanted fans to send in videos of them singing along and dancing to the song. And they yeah. were going to make a compilation for their music video. So we sent in one. And they emailed us back and a little flex. They said that ours was their favorite that they had seen. Because we... <laughs> Did a little extra. We did a little too much. Um, Your video in itself was a <laughs> compilation. It really was. Yeah, we had changed outfits and did different poses, and we went crazy. But yeah, exactly. Total sidebar, and that was just my little mini flex, is that they responded to us and liked our shit. But, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to my current taste, alternative. Um, they're one of my favorites. My other favorite is Alt-J. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who I, I've heard that name dropped a few times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's because they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so good. I, I got my dad into Alt-J. Wow. Um, like I said, my dad and I share a very similar music taste. And I was driving, or he was driving, but the whole family was in the car. We were going to see um, my sister's play mm-hmm. over winter break, I guess a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, I want a DJ. I want a DJ. So I was playing my music through the car. And my dad was like, oh, this is really good. Who is this? And I was like, Alt-J? He's like, yeah, play more of their stuff. So I just played a bunch of Alt-J. Yeah. And um, he was like jamming out. And I was like, this is really cool. My wow. dad's into Alt-J. Hell so yeah. I'm, for his birthday, I'm going to make him a playlist. Um, and I'm going to show him how to get a Spotify subscription. Nice. Because he, he is the kind of man who needs himself a Spotify subscription. <laughs> and then I'll yeah. make him a playlist. Nice. Um, Oh, Dad, if you're listening to this, uh, that's not what I'm doing. Your birthday gift is a surprise. Ha ha. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Alt-J is a big favorite of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Lord. Yes. Love Lord. Yes. Um, I mentioned Hozier before. Mm-hmm. I love his music. Um, I love the poeticism in yes. his music. Absolutely. Like something I've talked about is... I think music is at its best when it's poetry put to sound. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, and people can have different opinions, mm-hmm. but I, and that's like the epitome. Hozier's music is the epitome of poetry put to sound. Oh, in my absolutely. Opinion. Yeah. It's stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord Huron, I love him. Similar yeah. to Hozier, sort of. Um, yeah. Those are kind of my big favorites at the moment. Very cool. Well, you guys got a lot of recommendations <laughs> right there um oh, i'm gonna yeah. throw a couple more in because we talked about you know poetry oh, poetry and sound and stuff counting crows yeah hell yeah Mr. they Jones do a, such a lot of that as well and yeah their music is great mm-hmm. of course a little older but it's so nothing wrong so with being good. a little older oh absolutely not plus we have all of it accessible to us now so mm-hmm. you know That's just go for it something that i would highly recommend is that because we have streaming services and almost everyone has a streaming service um throw that spotify weekly recommendation playlist on yes. every week we talked about that as well last night their algorithm is so good don't yeah don't sleep on that spotify mm-hmm. recommends list because it yeah really really works and if you wanted more recommendations you're like you you know everyone now and then you're like ah my playlists are stale i listen to the same stuff over yeah. and over again find your favorite artists and look who their favorite artists are exactly um, look for their influences yeah. and then you know just keep go all the way back going back just keep backtracking you'll find mm-hmm. it and you know you'll find stuff that you love or work backwards just exactly go shot in the dark pick some 
old artists that you've either never heard of or don't listen to much. Um, yeah. Like and I see all, who they influence yeah. and just keep going and forward. Keep going forward. Um, or just try something whack. Just yeah, just go left field. Yeah. Um, I like I'll always recommend. Like I said, the Kinks are my favorite yeah. classic rock band. I would always recommend them. I would mm-hmm. recommend um, any sort of classic rock. Uh, I think it's something that everyone can kind of get down to. Oh, absolutely. I'd always recommend you too. Yeah. Um, especially, okay, if you like modern alternative, if you like modern alternative rock the way I do, Yeah. Um, you should listen to you too. They are, in my opinion, sort of the father's of that sound. oh yeah they broke the mold yeah i if you like modern alt rock highly recommend you too yeah they are amazing love it and you know based off of that i wanted to get your thoughts on the current musical landscape mm-hmm. um and we kind of touched on this a little bit with you know the accessibility uh, to everyone now with streaming mm-hmm. services and all that kind of stuff but i wanted to get your thoughts on where you think it's headed where it should be headed is it better is it worse what would you love to see happen within the musical Mm -hmm. landscape something that i really like about music um current the current musical climate is that it's really easy for smaller artists to gain a following yeah um through spotify and soundcloud and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and i think that's really important yeah i think it's really cool like that's how I found Deal Casino and they're a really small band and they're yeah. my favorite band now and it would be cool if they got popular and I mean okay so you know when you have like a small band yeah. and very selfishly you want them to stay oh, small so that you I can like know. they can be like this is oh, mine I and I yeah. love them and they're mine yeah. and they're if they're if they don't get too popular their concert tickets will be cheap and yeah. like that yeah. kind of thing but then on the other hand you're like they are so good and so they talented. deserve the recognition they deserve the recognition um so, and I think the current musical landscape is, for the most part, really good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, giving smaller artists a chance. Um, Absolutely. That's how Billie Eilish blew up. Yeah. Wasn't she a SoundCloud? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, she got... Do not quote me on this. And if I'm wrong, don't yell at me. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Billie Eilish got popular through SoundCloud. Okay, and now look yeah. where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't, like, massive and insane. Um I think, yeah, I think that's something that's really good. Something that I also really like about music is honesty. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like, this is like a two-pronged thing for me. Is that, again, we talked about that last night too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, artist integrity. Artist and integrity is important. Honesty, the authenticity, yeah. the genuinity of, you know, the music they put out. I think it's important, at least to me it's important. To some people it might not be important because they're just listening to music for a good time. Totally yeah. fine. Right. But for me, like I said, since I am so like storytelling oriented and all of that right arts integrity is really important to me i want to know that the person singing these songs means it Mm -hmm. um or at least in some way is connected to it yeah um that's why i'm not super into the like current pop music and i and i know that they have honesty like and i can i always can kind of in my opinion, I have my favorites of that genre. Yeah. Um, I don't listen to her a lot because it, the style isn't really my 
gig, but I do. I like Demi Lovato a lot mm-hmm. because there's an honesty to her work and there's an yeah. honesty to her music. I like um, Lady Gaga a lot because yeah. there's an, especially in her more recent stuff, there is an honesty to her music. Absolutely. Um, we talked about Lord too. Lord. Yeah. There is there's a very deep honesty to Lord too. Something that's mm-hmm. very authentic that I love. Um, not a big fan of Ariana Grande. Yeah. I don't really like Ariana Grande. I know a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's because she's inauthentic or dishonest. I just don't connect with her music. Yeah. And I don't think just I just don't connect with her music. Right. Um I don't like Kanye West. Mo- I don't like that genre very much anyway, yeah. that sort of modern rap. Um I like some Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. but I think I like the more R&B side of that yeah. stuff. So yeah. like um the song Angels by Chance the Rapper is really good. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah. Um but like Kanye West I don't get the hype. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it for me is, I think he he claims a lot of artist integrity and I, I think it's false. Okay. I, and that's just my take. That's just my, like I'm saying, this is just my opinion. See, this Um, is the hot take section. Yeah. It's my podcast. My hot take. Yeah. Um, I don't like, that's the hot take. I, I think he is touting something that is, relatively inauthentic because it all the things that he's done he's he's a bad person i'm Mm -hmm. sorry i think he's a bad person yeah so i can't listen to his music without i can't separate the artist from the music Um, okay i can't um sometimes i can but not with kanye west not with r kelly either Mm -hmm. like there's some exactly there some of it it's i can separate the artist from the music when i think that they're saying authentically yeah and i think there's a difference between uh pardon my french an asshole and mm-hmm. an evil person yeah I, I think matt harper talked about this a little bit on we his talked episode. about that quite a um, bit because john um, mayer's an asshole yeah but he makes honest and authentic music and so i can and listen to it and it's too. great music yeah but um like r kelly's an evil person Just who evil. did disgusting exactly. things yeah and his music is not honest or authentic to who he is and i can't yeah. i can't vibe with it absolutely love it. give smaller artists a chance give them a chance um, and we um i cannot stress yeah. this enough too physical sales of albums i love how you know accessible these smaller bands are getting you know through spotify and through soundcloud mm-hmm. apple music all that kind of stuff buy physical but copies buy physical copies because they help them out so much more mm-hmm. and you know plus the audio quality so much greater yeah. so i mean it just it's just different and if you can't afford a record player or to listen to vinyl totally understand I exactly mean, I, I think that you listening to vinyl is a really cool really fun thing and i also understand that it's not accessible for everybody exactly it's a niche market it's, it's a niche market um but it is something that's really cool and really fun like mm-hmm. cds are fun um physical copies are good yeah um but something else that I would recommend, if there's a band that's a smaller band that you really like, um, a lot of their concert tickets are cheap. Go uh, see them go live. Go see them live. Oh, yeah. Um, like that was like, I'll mention Deal Casino again. Um, it was a $16 concert ticket. Oh, there you go. Which is less expensive than some hamburgers that I've had in the city. Yeah. So I was super excited to see them. Um, also mm-hmm. buy their merch. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, a lot of times for indie artists like that, their merch is less expensive than like like people like Ariana Grande will sell a sweatshirt for $80. Like you don't, that's dumb. Yeah, exactly. I, you, you can buy a deal casino t-shirt and I have looked into it for 20 bucks. Yeah. And like I said, I've had burgers that are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, support smaller artists yep. if you can, if you like them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like them, invest in them. Mm-hmm. You know, go see them live, get them merch, that kind of stuff. Because again, yeah, the tickets will be cheap, but you're also helping them out so much more. Because mm-hmm. um, that's a big part of how they make their income and stuff as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've learned a lot about that um, r- pretty recently as I've started branching out and looking into smaller artists. Um, mm-hmm. But also because I, in high school and now, I went to an arts school in high school. I go to an art school now. Um, I know a lot of people who are yeah. trying to become musicians. Yeah. Um, and I've talked to a lot of them about the struggles and um, sort of how they deal with trying to gain a following. And I've seen some, yeah. I've seen some pretty cool success stories. There's a band... <laughs> That of people that I know from high school, they're called Candid. Okay. Uh, fun little name drop. Um, you guys should check them out. They're pretty good, um, and they got a pretty decent sized following just by putting stuff on Spotify. Yeah. But I talked to one of the members of the band once, and they they're just talking about the struggles of how it's not always easy to get a following when you're yeah. in a band, even when you are really good. Right. And they are. Um, yeah. When you know people who are trying to do that um i've met so many just like stupidly talented musicians at this college Mm -hmm. um that blow my mind yeah um and if i started name dropping all of them i'd be here forever yeah but support small artists because who knows like one of them could be the next Billie eilish or the next big thing the next Mm -hmm. alt j or whatever because everyone's sound is different and everyone's sound is unique mm-hmm. and you don't know what you're missing if you don't give them a chance to prove themselves exactly support smaller artists um if you like them if you don't like them i'm not going to force you to support them but if yeah. you like them if you find something that you dig support them give them a chance that i'll get off my soapbox now <laughs> i'm stepping down <laughs> hands in the air but that's what i have to say <laughs> that goes for more than just music sorry last thing more than just music support independent artists yes I guess we talked about all we wanted to talk about, um, which was a lot. So I'm very happy about that. Um, but now it is time for the lightning round. Lightning round. And I just said this. It's probably not going to be as lightning. No, it's it the never slowest has lightning been. of all time. Exactly. It's just like, it's still going. Oh, my God. Yeah, you God. can see it <laughs> moving like, through the It's like the slow air. motion lightning round. Exactly. But, Yeah. Are you ready? 11 questions, 11 answers. Let's do it. Let's, Let's get into it. Let's get it. Ooh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. So we'll start off with number one, your favorite current artist. And I think you mentioned... Deal Casino. Before. Yep. It, exactly. Yep. Deal Casino um, and then Alt-J. Yeah. Um, but big time number one right now mm-hmm. is Deal Casino. Okay. And they're, um, I think... I have a feeling that they're going to stay the favorite for a really for long a time. Yeah. Um. Maybe forever. Who knows? Like, I just, I, I, as soon as I listened to them, I felt a strangely, like, emotional connection to them. Yeah. um, That was very special. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yep, 
this is it. Oh, this is the favorite. Yeah. I'm down. I'm Absolutely. in. All right. And then moving to number two, kind of piggybacking off the idea, your favorite artist, but from the past. Like the past, like my past or from the world's past? Uh, the world's past, pretty much. Because I know you listen oh, to a lot yeah, of older yeah. music too, um, but the world's past, pretty much. The Kinks. The Kinks. The Kinks yeah. are my favorite um, classic rock band. Mm-hmm. I love them very much. Very yeah. cool. Highly recommend them. Yeah. All right, and then moving to number three, the last concert you've been to and your favorite concert. I unfortunately have not been to a whole lot of concerts, um, which makes me very sad because I, I love concerts. You need to get on um, that. I know. Well, I was mm-hmm. trying to get well, on that, and then the I know, coronavirus. I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm going to see, this is not something I have seen, but I'm going to see Harry Styles in August. Wow. I'm actually really excited about it. That'd be um, cool. Harry Styles is a great artist. He's great. Like, he is really good. He's really good. Um, I never liked One Direction. Um, I was Nish Never, that girl. Mm-hmm. But I I really like his current stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, my sister my sister Anna really likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got her tickets for her birthday to see him. And so we're all going to go. Me, Very my cool. mom, and my sisters. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. um, but oh gosh, actually, I I actually did not listen to One Direction, and that's a precursor to what I'm about to say. The last concert I went to was Niall Horn <laughs> for my other sister, yeah. um, who really loves Niall Horn. We surprised her. It was like on her birthday. Okay. We told her we were going to take her to get ice cream, and we're driving like through Irvine, California, to the um, amphitheater out there. Yeah. If you know what it is, what's up? Um, but she's like, where are we? We're like, oh, it's this new trendy ice cream shop. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and nice. she's so gullible. I love her. But it was for her 14th birthday, I think. Um, super gullible. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, not really my music. Not really my jam. Yeah. But it was a fun experience because I was with my two sisters and my mom and my aunt. And we had a really fun time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the opener was... Marin Morris, she's a country singer. Marin Morris is good. I actually, um, she, I'm not gonna lie, she is one of the country artists now that I will really listen to. Yeah, she's really good. Have you heard um the High Women? Yes, they are. They're really good. Um, it's a group of country slash folk singers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, um, who's a folk singer. Yeah. Um, and I think she's kind of considered country but she's not super country she's way right. more folk yeah she's probably the furthest i'll go into the country mm-hmm. um but she's in it so i listen to them mm-hmm. um and Marin morris is also in it yeah and their sound is way more folksy than it is country right um but they're really good their song uh the high women is about um that's like their big song they have other stuff too but mm-hmm. it's about um different women throughout history who were like persecuted and how it's told from first person perspective yeah so like each woman has their own i'm gonna stop fiddling with this um <laughs> so that each woman has their own sort of moment where it's like i was a preacher i was a healer i was a um i was a civil rights activist like that yeah, kind of thing yeah and it's a very beautiful song it's super powerful and i highly mm-hmm. recommend it um yeah but yeah but she was the opener she was pretty good mm-hmm. um Again, I'm not a huge fan of like pop country. Yeah. So not a lot of it wasn't my jam, but um, yeah, she's a really pretty voice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just her, the style. Like, I fell in love with her voice. Yeah, her, her voice is really pretty. Really nice. Um, so if you're not into like pop country, but you want to hear Marin Morris's beautiful voice, I would res- I would recommend The High Women. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Very good group of girls. Yep. And then your favorite concert? Probably Train. Train. So far, um, Train was super fun live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we saw Train, um, their song, they have a really, really popular song called um, Marry Me. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. It's a beautiful song. It's about proposing. But I think there were like 30 couples that got engaged when they performed that song. Wow. Um, like, of course they Yeah, did. of course. Um, and I'm sure each moment was very special. Yeah. But it was, it was it, I mean, it's not funny because it's a really important moment in a lot of people's lives. But, Absolutely. Um, I got a really, actually a pretty good kick out of it as they started playing the song, you know, the opening chords. I leaned over yeah. to my mom and I was like, all right. How many people do you think you're about to get proposed to? Right. And we're like, oh, let's see. And then it was like, I think we counted 35. Wow. Um, I mean, the Hollywood Bowl is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's not that surprising. But yeah. it was a lot of people. Um, good for them. I hope all 35 of them are very happy right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, if they're guess, listening. Yeah. Yeah. If you're one of those people that got proposed to at the um, Hollywood Bowl train concert for their uh, Bulletproof Picasso album on... Friday night, okay. whenever it was. Yeah. I hope you're doing well, and I hope your engagement <laughs> hope happy, worked out, yeah. and I hope you're happy. And if it didn't, um, I'm sorry, and I hope your future is full of joy. You clearly like trains, so you've got good taste. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, moving on to number four. One artist you could bring back from death. Who would it be? Frank Sinatra. Dude, Paige has the same thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Paige said the same thing. Paige and I have similar tastes. Yes, um, in everything. Yeah, that's true. We're yeah. Very similar people. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. I, I don't know what else to say about it. He's mm-hmm. like, amazing. I mean, there's enough said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then moving on to number five, the number one song we would find on your road trip playlist. Oh, my road trip playlist. Yeah. Now, see, there's, okay, there's different kinds of road trips. Yes. There's the solo road trip when it's just like me yeah it's the open road it's sort of sunset Mm -hmm. um that song for me would be um dream suite in c major by miracle musical that song is seven minutes of transcendental bliss yeah (laughs) it's beautiful and stunning and everyone should listen to it Mm -hmm. um if it's a car full of people and we're all jamming out. My best friend's going down the road. Um, yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Hell Anything yeah. by Fleetwood Mac. Hell yeah. Uh, I love Fleetwood Mac. Their music is fantastic. And it's yes. such great road trip music. It's, it really is. Yeah. It's I mean, they're great artists to just listen to with friends and mm-hmm. just immerse yourself. Yeah. In. Oh, Throw absolutely. on rumors, turn the windows down, and go. Hell yeah. So good. All right, moving on to number six, and I think we kind of touched on this as well. Your least preferred genre or style of music. Yeah, I would say, like, um, I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if country is, like, my least preferred, because if it was on, I'm not going to, like, freak out. Um, I would say the music that I enjoy the least would Mm -hmm. be, like, EDM. Okay, Um, yeah. Some people really like it. Matt Welsh really likes it. Yeah. Good on him. I can't listen to it. Honestly, um, neither can I, but it, I mean, it like if it's on, 
Maybe. Yeah, if but... it's on, I might ask someone to turn it off. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just a little too anxiety-inducing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and ju- I don't know. It's just not really my, not really my thing. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of EDM. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then number seven, a song that can make you cry instantly, or just you know get you in the feels, mm-hmm. like that. There's a song by Taylor Swift that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's from Speak Now. I think it's from her album Speak Now. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it's one of her earlier albums, and it's called The Best Day. Okay. Um, like I said, I had a not-so-great time in middle school, mm-hmm. um, but something that always would help me and pull me out of that was um, my mom was always super supportive yeah. and super loving and just really good at like distracting me right um and like giving me the care and attention and making sure i was okay but she also understood that for me i needed to be distracted yeah it was a um, nice balance you yeah like yeah and i'm so grateful to her for that but that's what that song is about mm-hmm. um that song is about taylor swift singing to her mom yeah and it's about how she was dealing with like mean girls and bullies which is what i was dealing with right. and how her mom would take her like shopping or take her driving through downtown to like take her mind off of it yeah and um it's the it's, it's like i had the best day with you today mm-hmm. um like my day started out uh, the lowest of the lows but yeah. you pulled me out of it and it's a beautiful gorgeous song um mm-hmm. that everyone should give it a listen um yeah. it's a song that a lot of people don't know, Taylor Swift. Um, but yeah, that song will always make me cry. Yeah. Um, every single time. Um, I listened to it a lot in middle school when I was having struggles, and then I've listened to it a few times since then. And it just um, it reminds me of my mom mm-hmm. and everything she did for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. And then piggybacking off of that, number eight, a song that you can't stop dancing to or you just feel really elated mm. with. Um, that I have to go to the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. my, I have a playlist on my Spotify that is, oh, it's pulled up right now. I was literally listening to it, listening to it as I was packing up, um, before I came here. Yeah. Anything by Hall Oates. Hell yeah. I love Hall Oates. This is another thing that you and I have talked about. You're yes. going to see Hall Oates soon, right? Um, I have to buy the ticket, but yes, I definitely will go see Hall and Oates. <sighs> I'm so jealous. Um, uh, you Make My Dreams by Hall and Oates is one of my favorite songs of all time. I will dance to that song every single time. I can't help but just like, yeah. even if I'm just walking down the street and that song comes on, I'll just groove a little bit. Exactly. Um, Man Eater, Rich yes. Girl. Yes, yes, yes. All of it. If it's by Hall and Oates, I'm dancing to it. Um, a while ago... Hollow Notes was touring with Train. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom and I wanted to go see them so badly. Yeah. Um, and we were gonna we were thinking about doing it for like a mom daughter day thing. Right. And the tickets were so expensive. Yeah. And we were just like, okay, this is not something we can do. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could have gone. Like in a perfect world we would have gone. Yeah. That, absolutely. Like it's our two of our favorite bands. And it would have yeah. been so fun. Yeah, there you go, right?
and then number died and this is the moment we're going to be talking about this for a while um your favorite movie soundtrack so like compilation mm-hmm. of music and your favorite movie score my favorite okay yeah you're right this is something we could talk about forever and exactly well um my favorite movie soundtrack um not the score just like the song yeah yeah, yeah. is sing street um sing yes. street also happens to be one of my top five favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. um so it makes sense they i love that i love the music in the movie i love the original songs with my whole heart yeah um i love the songs that they included that were not original like the duran duran and the clash and all of that so good mm-hmm. um and yeah i think it's a really interesting mix of songs because if you see the movie it's all about um, kids developing a music I mean it's not really what it's about but one of the things that happens in the movie yeah. is these kids develop a music taste as they create this band exactly and the songs that they sing their original songs are inspired by the other artists on there and then it, mm-hmm. it grows like it changes and yeah. the, the way they dress changes based on exactly. what artists are listening to at the time like it starts with Duran Duran yeah and it goes through like all these other artists mm-hmm. um and the original music is like inspired by whatever artist they happen to be listening to at that point in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're great songs. The mm-hmm. original songs are oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful songs. I think one of the greatest snubs in Oscar history was that soundtrack wasn't nominated. nominated. Yeah. It, that movie at all wasn't nominated for any Oscars, which it should have been nominated for so many. Yeah. Um, but the soundtrack was not nominated. Which I think is one of the which greatest. Is a shame. Yeah, it's because it's the best soundtrack of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should have definitely won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, and I love something that we were talking about earlier was honesty. Yeah. And although obviously it's a fictional story, um, right? And that it was written by an older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, all the songs are from the perspective of like 15, 16 year olds. Yeah. And there's something very innocent and pure about the way they sing about. Um, love and falling in love and having a crush and rebellion and friendship and living your life um, that I think a lot of older people should listen to and should take away from because the innocence of a child is something that is very singular. You'll never get that back once you lose your childhood innocence. It's something that you should try to hold on to for as long as you can, or at least hold on to a part of it. Yeah. Um, Even as you mature, you should hold on to a part of your childhood innocence. And Mm -hmm. that song, all of the songs on that soundtrack are really good at capturing that. Um, The song drive it like you stole it is such an upbeat and inspirational way to look at living your life. And it's from a, 15 year old's perspective exactly and it's beautiful um two of my favorite love songs of all time are um to find you mm-hmm. and up yeah from that playlist uh, oh and beautiful sea that one too oh, all three sea. of those that song. um oh. all they're three of my favorite love songs of all time and they're three songs from that movie yeah and they're told so innocently exactly from the perspective of a boy who is fallen in love for the first time mm-hmm. um and they're they're sweet and they're hopeful and they're optimistic right. and they're innocent and they're kind of goofy like beautiful yeah. sea is exactly what it would sound like when if a 15 year old is to write a song about his crush oh exactly um, and it's 
kind of it's kind of goofy and the lyrics are a little weird yeah. and it's like the lyrics are like this girl is a beautiful sea and you're like yeah. okay that's like it, that could be really cringy mm-hmm. um but, but it's so beautiful it's accurate and it's honest mm-hmm. genuine it's all that it's exactly that and mm-hmm. which is what makes it such a fantastic song and yeah. such a fantastic um soundtrack the best one in yeah. my opinion Very cool. um i highly recommend that movie i highly recommend um john carney the director his other stuff too yes shout him out like, um speaking of john carney that um the music in once i was just gonna say once is really good once that's another um, one of john carney's yeah. that soundtrack that compilation is so so beautiful falling slowly yeah. That won the Oscar, but that was yeah. that is one of the greatest songs ever written, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Once came before Sing Street, I believe. It's like almost a decade before. Yeah, like yeah. way before. Yeah. Um also watch Modern Love on Amazon Prime. Uh not music related. They actually one episode has a musical number in it. <laughs> um but that is produced by John Carney. Yeah. And it's uh it's really good based on a New York Times article about people writing real stories about love. Ooh, very um, cool. based on their lives. Yeah. It's a fantastic series and I highly recommend it. But mm-hmm. yeah, as long as we're talking about John Carney. Yeah, absolutely. And then score. Score. Because I love movie yeah. score. Um the movie score is beautiful. I think because I told Ethan this too. I never paid as much attention to movie scores than when I did since meeting you guys. Because, <laughs> listen, this friend group, I'm the only audio production major in this friend group. They're it's all film heavy friend group. It's a very film heavy um, friend yeah. group. Ethan it's a very visual majors, art yeah. heavy friend group. But we got a lot of actors. We got Ethan Page and I are film majors. Yeah. Um, a TV major. Yeah, it's a lot a of that side of things. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I never paid as much attention to score as I did since meeting all of you, and honestly, it's changed my life for the better. It's. <laughs> I'm so insane. glad. Yeah. Movie scores are integral. Yeah. Um, I think they're one of the things that people kind of take for granted sometimes when it comes Definitely. to movie movie production. Um, yeah. It's so important to have a beautiful score that fits your film and that goes with it. Yeah. Because they, it helps you to tell the story. Mm-hmm. If, when the actors aren't saying anything, when they're just looking at each other, there are three things that will communicate the way that they're feeling when mm-hmm. they're not speaking. Yeah. Um, body language. Yeah. Cinematography. Mm-hmm. And music. Yeah. Or lack of music. Right. Sometimes, um, and I have found this to be very true, sometimes not including music is more powerful than including oh, music. Oh, absolutely. Um, my big example of that always is from The Hunger Games, actually, mm-hmm. um, which are great movies. Yeah. The Hunger Games movies are awesome, and I love them. Um, but in the first Hunger Games, when they um, start the games, when they jump off a platform yeah. and all run to the cornucopia in the middle, right. um, there's no score. Mm-hmm. It's dead silent, and yeah. it's terrifying, yeah, and it's exactly. creepy, and it's let because like they easily could have put in this big swelling orchestral epic craziness yeah. as all of these teenagers just running to the weapons and fighting each other and killing each other. Yeah. But no, the filmmakers chose silence, mm-hmm. and I think that was the most powerful choice they could have made Absolutely, in that moment because it was so jarring. It's jarring. Which it's not what you made expect. It so much more suspenseful and mm-hmm. tense and everything. And then when they choose to include score, yeah. as they do, the movie has a lot of beautiful score in it, mm-hmm. 
it makes that more impactful. It's, Absolutely. Score is, for I mean, first of all, about the music itself and yeah. the emotion tied to the music itself. But it's also about choosing when and when not to use it. Yeah. And choosing how to use it. Do you want something that's epic right here? Or do you want something that's understated? Right. Or, like, there's two sides of this. Like, if there's a crazy epic scene going on, mm-hmm. sometimes it's best to choose an understated score. Yeah. And sometimes when it's a really understated scene going on, adding an epic score makes the audience feel like there's something they're missing exactly. and they'll pay attention to what's going on on screen exactly. in a way that they wouldn't otherwise score is a very powerful thing yeah yeah um to answer your question <laughs> my favorite movie score my favorite movie score uh there's so many i'm trying to think of i might just talk about all of them um yeah go my favorite it. movie of all time is the princess bride yep um and this mu- music in that movie is perfect Yes, um, we talked about that as well mm-hmm. last night. Um, Mark Knopfler, best known as the frontman of Dire Straits, um, composed the music yeah. for the film, and it is absolutely beautiful. Isn't it fascinating how many classic rock guys go to score composition? Yeah, Julie and I talked about that. Phil Collins of Tarzan, Elton um, John, Lion King. Did Lion King, um, Danny Elfman. Yeah? Danny Elfman scores so many movies. Exactly. Like, to the point where I didn't realize that he was Oingo Boingo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I was like, exactly. oh, sh- shoot, that's Danny Elfman. I, he, yeah. He's the Tim Burton guy. He's the guy from all sorts of other things. Exactly. Um, uh, Arcade Fire. Yeah. They do a lot of score composition. Not a lot, but they do score composition. Mm-hmm. They, did, they did all the score for her. Yeah. Um, Arcade Fire and... Um, Spike Jones have a very close relationship. Yeah, he does right. a lot of their music videos. They yeah. do a lot of they score a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um but isn't that fascinating? It's insane. Um Ethan and I were talking about it too. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, Nine Inch Nails, and then they did so many scores. Really? Yeah, as in like the social network Gone Girl and everything. No way. Yeah. So they do the, the Fincher scores. Yeah, they do Fincher scores. Do but... they do did they do um Mindhunter? Uh no. Okay. They didn't reestablish that, but yeah. Like, you think about those films and those movies, you know, like Gone Girl, Social Network mm-hmm. and everything. You think about the music there, and then you listen to a Nine Inch Nails record. It's so different. Like, How does it... <laughs> there's such a severe disconnect, but it was made by the same person. It It's fascinating. It's Scores are so interesting. Yeah. Some of my other favorite composers... Um, I have to talk about composers yeah, because yeah, 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 if yeah, I talk about yeah. individual scores, it'll all oh, be here until yeah. I die. Um, exactly. My favorite or one of my favorites is, uh, and if I butcher his name, I'm so sorry. Um, Alexandre Desplat. Alexandre? Alexandre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I think that's what you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, however you say it, his score is beautiful. Yes. Um, it's one of my favorites. Um, he did... He does a lot of the Wes Anderson movies, which mm-hmm. have very unique score. Yeah, um, yeah. He did The Shape of Water, which is one yeah. of my favorite movie scores of all time, mm-hmm. um, because it sounds like water, yeah. which is, which sounds so simple, but it doesn't... It's so intricate. They don't use the sound of water in it, exactly. but it sounds the way water feels. It's yeah. Unlike anything I've ever heard in my life, it's magical. It's transcendental. Right. Um, he did the score for Little Women, the Greta Gerwig film. Yes. Which is another one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and his score in that movie, the music in that movie is 
mind-blowingly beautiful. Um, Another favorite composer of mine, uh, Michael Giacchino. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't know the name Michael Giacchino, you will know his score, uh, Pixar. Yeah. Uh, And so many other things. Like He did the score for Jojo Rabbit. Um, which has an amazing score mm-hmm. um, and an amazing soundtrack too. For yeah. going back to talk about soundtracks, the soundtrack for Jojo Rabbit's an amazing soundtrack. It's a lot of classic rock, but sung in German. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which is really cool. Right, <laughs> really cool. Um, so yeah, Michael Giacchino, fantastic. All of his Pixar scores are so uh, recognizable mm-hmm. and um, emotional. Like, yeah, I mean, come on, Married Life from Up, like. That's one of the most emotional pieces of music ever written. I will cry to that song um, every yeah. time I listen to it. And, like, showing his versatility, like, that was him. The Incredibles, also him. Yes, exactly. Like, it's the same guy, but it's exactly. so different. And, like, Toy Story um, is Randy Newman, mm-hmm. um, who also has an amazing score. The score in Marriage Story was also Randy Newman. Oh, yeah, it and was. that's beautiful. Yeah, I wanted to um, drop one in there, too. Um, Nicholas Brattel, Um He did... The if Beale Street could talk. Oh, I haven't seen that movie yet. I want Um, to. Please do. It Mm -hmm. is beautiful. The score, my favorite score of all time. Really? Yeah. I'll have to give it a watch. My favorite score. I'll have to give it a listen too. Because it's so simple, yet so elegant, and it really just really encapsulates Mm -hmm. the movie as a whole. It is absolutely i'll have to give it a watch and a listen Mm -hmm. i've been meaning to watch it for a while it's just i just haven't oh yeah um now we have the time now we have the time because everything's canceled yes (laughs) shout out to corona (laughs) um another amazing composer is um john brian john brian yeah um again i don't know how to pronounce names Mm -hmm. um but he did the score for Lady Bird. Yeah. And I mean, he did the score for countless other things as well, but right. my favorite of his is Lady Bird. Um, I love the simplicity of the score in Lady Bird. Right, it's right. mostly just acoustics. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of the score pieces in Lady Bird are very short. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most, a lot of them are less than a minute long. Yeah. Um, but they're beautiful and very evocative. Um, his score in that movie is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Another Greta Gerwig movie. So, I, I mean, I yeah. love her. I love her endlessly. <laughs> Uh, the score from the TV show Godless yes. is incredible. That's uh, Carlos Rafael Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, cowboy show. It's a Western. Um, with highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's my one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I mean, the show itself just does something remarkable with an ensemble cast that yeah. I've never seen executed so elegantly. And if you want to see Jeff Daniels be a really scary bad guy, watch this show, yeah. which... You don't think Jeff Daniels can pull off a really scary bad guy because he's Jeff Daniels. Again, shows shows his versatility. Too. Yeah, shows his versatility because he's one of the best villains I think of in television history. He's so mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. Um, but the score in that show is gorgeous. It's um, the song Blackdom is my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. and then Alice, the, the her theme is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing about television show scores is that there's a lot because television shows are long. Yeah. Um, this is a limited series, so it has, I think it's eight episodes, maybe mm-hmm. ten. Yeah. Um, and they're each ten. an hour long, so it's like eight to ten hours worth of content score. that needs yeah. score. And I have a lot of respect for people who can compose television series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because that's a lot of work. And I highly recommend um, mm-hmm. 
all of the movies that I've mentioned, but definitely all of the scores. Yeah. Um, the score in the movie Arrival, yes. stunning. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Johan Johansson. I think that was Johan Johansson. Mm-hmm. Um, also, his work on The Theory of Everything. Yes. Is oh, my God. Gorgeous. I'm pretty sure that won the Oscar. Um, I think it did. I'm not sure. But yeah. Um, yeah. That was a beautiful score as well. Do you know the movie Loving Vincent? No. Okay. Rylan, you would love this movie. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend this movie. Also, um, it's about Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Um, and it's you you might have heard of it a little bit it took years to make because it's an animated movie okay and every frame is hand painted in the style of Vincent van Gogh Whoa. by hundreds of artists yeah, yeah, yeah it's a stunning film um and it has a lot of famous people in it yeah um and the acting is fantastic it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. And it lost. It was nominated for Best Animated Film. Mm-hmm. And it lost to, I think, a Pixar movie. Okay. I think it lost yeah. to Coco. Okay. Um, which, I mean, Coco is a fantastic movie. Yes. Um, with fantastic score. Yes. But I think, I think that Loving Vincent should have won just because there is nothing like it and there will be nothing like it ever again. Right. Um, circling back, the composer for that movie um was clint mensel mm-hmm. and the music in that movie is stunning it's so beautiful um i can't recommend it enough uh geez the score for, <laughs> i could just keep i could talk forever about this the score <laughs> from three billboards outside ebbing missouri amazing yeah, yeah. the score from her which i talked about a yes. little bit is one of my other another one of my favorite stories of mm-hmm. all time right. um yeah Clint Menzel, also same guy who did Loving Vincent, worked on Requiem for a Dream. Amazing score on that. Yes. Um, that score as well. That's yeah. been name dropped quite a bit here as well. Yeah. But that is a score. Inside Out. Worth of checking out. Yeah. Again, all, all Pixar scores. Yeah. Jeez. Um, Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. The score in Harry Potter Hell is yeah. amazing. It's and so iconic. It's so iconic. And there's so many like Nicholas Hooper... Um, did most of it not all of it but most of it yeah um and it's so good yeah the score in harry potter is fantastic and very specific and very unique exactly um it's magical but it's grounded if you hear a song even if you don't know it's from harry potter yeah immediately you're like oh yeah this is from you harry know exactly potter. what sh- what you're listening to oh yeah uh geez i already mentioned you know, Han Johansson, rest mm-hmm. in peace. That's yeah. someone who was gone way too soon. Yeah. Um, I'm, I should stop talking about this because I <laughs> will, I'll just keep going until I die. The, another television show with an amazing score is Carnival Row. Okay. Um, I don't think that show got enough love when it was dropped on Amazon Prime. That show is another one of my favorites. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, the Haunting of Hill House is another TV show with an amazing score. Yeah. Um, I we, we should move on because like I said I, I'll be here forever I, like I honestly will I think yeah. score is one of those things that's um so integral to filmmaking and oh, so absolutely. often overlooked um yeah Ratatouille the main theme from Ratatouille is one of the most beautiful theme songs ever composed it'll yeah. bring me to tears it's yeah, so exactly. good next question please <laughs> okay okay yeah let's move on um to number 10 your favorite era of music doesn't have to be like you know a specific decade like mm-hmm. not a decade or it could be a couple of five like a couple of years a couple yeah. of five years whatever but 
something that you would love to be immersed in when it was all the hype at that moment in time the 70s yeah which is probably pretty obvious from a lot of the classic rock name bands the classic rock bands that have been name dropping Mm -hmm. the 60s and the 70s yeah um that's like two decades it's like 20 years but yeah i would love that that was my dad has told me some stories about growing up in the 70s and going to like record shops and Mm -hmm. he has a massive record collection that we have pulled out of the um, rafters because my sister has a record player and we play a lot of the records um she and i yeah and his record collection is insane it's Mm -hmm. so big it's so cool (laughs) i would love to go back and to see a lot of those bands live um oh yeah wouldn't it be amazing to go to live aid damn you're so right that would <laughs> like could you imagine perfect yeah oh my gosh like i know a lot of people died at woodstock but wouldn't it be crazy to go to woodstock Woodstock 69 holy uh, crap like, that would be the greatest moment i would love i just won't do just any to drugs. hear <laughs> yeah exactly but just to hear hendrix play the star spangled banner yeah live just you know on stage would be a spectacle mm-hmm. honestly yeah i i think i really did that the most the yeah. 60s 70s that era was just you know it yeah. still transcends to this day mm-hmm. i still listen to all that stuff oh, now yeah. i still watch all the videos and everything and it's just such yeah. a big part of my life and the influence that that era had on modern exactly. music is unparalleled exactly it's so cool you think about the melting pot of styles and genres of music that the 90s had and the 2000s had mm-hmm. all derived from the 60s and 70s it's unlike and anything else yeah and then moving on to number 11 the final question your greatest album so you know again it's not an album that you like a couple of the songs mm-hmm. on and you're like oh this is pretty cool and then the rest of it you pretty much shun you don't listen to yeah. it at all it's something you can listen to start to finish on repeat forever mm-hmm. and ever I have a couple. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Melodrama by Lord mm-hmm. is a flawless album, in yeah. my opinion. It deserved all the Grammys that it won when it came out mm-hmm. in 2017. Um, we haven't gotten any new music from Lord since then. Yeah. Um, so what is she up to? I don't know, but I respect it because I respect Lord, her. Lord, if you're listening, please release <laughs> some new music. We would love it. At your own rate. I don't yes. want to rush any artists. Yeah. But I just have... I, Whatever you're doing, I respect it because I respect the hell out of you, Lord. Oh, yeah. But Melodrama is um, an amazing album, start mm-hmm. to finish. Um, yeah. It has that sort of young authenticity that we talked about that Lord mm-hmm. has. Um, she talks a lot about in that album love and sex and having fun. and yeah. But she talks about it from a very youthful perspective because yeah. she was like 19 when she recorded it, I believe, 1920. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it feels like a lot of and a lot of artists think about that stuff. It's a very popular topic, yeah, um, for a good reason. Um, but the way she sings about it, it feels very young, mm-hmm. and from a perspective of someone who's still learning and who's yeah. still growing and who doesn't have it figured out yet. Exactly. Um, and that makes it very real and authentic to me, and something that I can connect to as a young person. Yeah. Um, when it first came out, I was seventeen, and I really liked it. But I think I connect to it more as I near the age that she was right because mm-hmm. i am right now i'm the age she was when she recorded it yeah and i connect to it even more now exactly um, it's a fantastic album another one of my favorite albums is sing street 
Yeah. To be perfectly honest, um, I think it's a perfect album, even though it a really lot of is. it is yeah. not but original. Again, start to finish, it is yeah. a great um, album. Even the heavier stuff. Uh, they have a Motorhead song yeah. on that album. It's so good. I'm not going to really lie. Good. It's really cool. Um, Yeah, it's another perfect album. Um, mm-hmm. I know this is regarded as one of the best albums ever recorded, but it's re- regarded as such for a good reason. Um, Rumors, Fleetwood Mac. Hell yeah. Um, I could listen to that album on loop, start to finish. Oh, yeah. Plus um, the story behind that yeah, album, Yeah, I was going to say, it's. I, I told you I'm a sucker for storytelling, and mm-hmm. geez, that album is just full of storytelling it's yeah. um, beautiful like the sto- just the story about the making of it too mm-hmm. was insane yeah you know john mcbee and christine mcbee were going through like yeah. troubles in their marriage and everything the the marriage breaking up and yeah. the the relationship in stevie nick's relationship and with Lindsay buckingham, Lindsay yeah. buckingham and the breakup there and there yeah. was like rumors of cheating and exactly bet- it was between the members of the band and it's yeah. it, the album that they produced amidst all of that is one of the best albums ever recorded. Oh, yeah, and it's absolutely. Something that, one of the reasons I think it's the best is because they let each other say whatever they wanted. Yeah. Because um, you got to remember as well, yeah. they had three front people yeah. in Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, and Christine McVie because they would all take the mic, you know. Yeah. And they would have their own songs mm-hmm. in there, but it was trying to find that balance because yeah. especially amidst everything that was going on, right then like during the making of the mm-hmm. album it would have been so easy to hate for, each other and to hate each other and for some of them to just say fuck it i'm out and i'm not doing this yeah. exactly but so, the fact that you know they still managed to be professional in mm-hmm. a sense and still put out that record find that balance between the three yeah. of them you know leading the band in those certain songs it's admirable yeah it's so like i saw something about um stevie nicks um hated hated the song uh you can go your own way yeah which was Lindsay buckingham mm-hmm. um and because that song was written about her and she didn't like the way that it portrayed her as someone who would just wanted to like sleep with other guys exactly, and wanted to shack yeah. up with other guys and like yeah and she said she says that wasn't true about me and Lindsay knew that wasn't true about me but he wrote it because he was angry and mm-hmm. i can't fault him for that because exactly. We're all artists here, and I will. It was all in the moment. I'll so. help perform the song because it's his. It's his emotion, and yeah. we agreed that we all work together. And I think that's exactly. something that's really admirable and really beautiful, is that they let each other just speak their truths. Exactly. Um, another favorite album of mine is um, uh, a perfect wave, Alt mm-hmm. J. Yeah. Um, that album is so cool. <laughs> uh. And if you can listen to it on vinyl, you should listen to it on vinyl. Yeah. Um, because it's not just rock music that you should listen to on vinyl. Um, it's everything. If you can listen to Alt-J on vinyl, specifically A Perfect Wave, yeah. Um, I would highly recommend it. That mm-hmm. album is, like, obviously one of my favorite albums, but it, it it sounds amazing on vinyl. It's unlike anything else. Yeah. If you can't listen to it on vinyl, just listen to it. <laughs> yeah, because it's a great album. It's a great album. Um... Yeah, those those are my favorite albums, and I'm sure I have others that I didn't mention. Oh, yes, um, my other favorite album, <laughs> which is actually the first one that I thought of, and then I was like, oh, I'll mention it later, and then you know, yeah. you know how that goes. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. Joanne by Lady Gaga. Okay, yeah, is again like I think a perfect album. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Lady Gaga. Um, I love I love a lot of her music because because it's like fun dance music. Yeah, and you know it's hard to hate 
on Lady Gaga, especially because exactly. there's a lot of nostalgia with her and her older stuff. But yeah. the album Joanne is was unexpectedly raw and unexpectedly emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still true to who she had been up until Absolutely. that point. Yeah. Um, and it was that sort of rawness and honesty and authenticity from her. Like those are things that I've mentioned so many times today, but yeah, that I just immediately connected to some of the songs in the album are utterly heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. The song Joanne, for instance, is utterly heartbreaking. The song, Hey girl, that her song with um, Florence Welsh yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. Just an amazing song about like women standing mm-hmm. together. Um, I'm speaking of that Florence Welsh. Florence and the Machine. Yes. Holy listen, shit. Check them out. You should listen to Florence and the Machine. Lungs? I was just going to say, Lungs is too. one of the greatest records. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joanne by Lady Gaga. If you can mm-hmm. listen to that album, I would highly recommend listening to it and listen to it in the, the order that the songs were recorded in. Yeah, I think that's always exactly. important when you listen to an album. Yeah, don't hit shuffle. Don't hit shuffle. Artists put those songs in that order for a reason. It was purposeful. Um you should listen to it in that order and you'll find a story there's a story there Absolutely. especially with melodrama yeah um listen to melodrama from start to finish um mm-hmm. and listen to the story that lord is telling yeah. it's really important it's Absolutely. really cool yeah. all right and then mm-hmm. with that we bring it to the end Yay. Uh, the soundtracks of Ooh, our lives. So much fun. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this this Dude, was thank you for having me so, on so so fun we so talked much fun. for so long about so many different things, but I loved every second of it because, mm-hmm. again, this is the stuff we've bonded over. Yeah. And to get everyone in on that is, you know, yeah. just beautiful. I knew it would be dangerous when I came on because I know you and I can talk about this stuff. <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew it would yeah. be too, but I was prepared Forever. for it. But I'm really glad you had me on. This was so much fun. Um, yeah, like you, Paige, Ethan, everyone I had on. Like, you were the first people I thought of having mm-hmm. on because it was such a varied taste. Yeah. And, like, just a variety of different things that, you know, I had to explore all those differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this podcast is epic, dude. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm super happy. I'm super honored that I'm a part of it. Yeah. Um, and you have to do that reverse panel thing. I'm I calling will. you out on air. I know Ambria called you out the first time. You're calling um, me out in the end. I'm calling you out at the end. We're just going to tail end it. Um, we will. Ambria mentioned the first yes. episode. I'm going to mention in the last episode. You got to flip it around, dude. People want to hear your thoughts on all of this. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. I know. I mean, I've definitely given my input at some points, but if the people want it, I will give it to them. Who am I to say no? You got to do it. Yeah. But before we part ways, I wanted to give you the chance to, you know, let the people know what you've going mm-hmm. on, what you've done or just anything to check out anything to plug yeah this is your time go for it um like i said i'm a filmmaker um always making movies i'm working on post-production for a film right now that i shot last year called reflections mm-hmm. um i'm not sure i don't think that movie will be like widely available because yeah. i'm i really want to put it through the festival circuit and they don't like it when films are on youtube yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um but eventually it sh- it'll be available to see um I'm really excited about that one. It's a really personal project for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get that out. A um, yeah. little nervous, but excited. Um, over the summer, I worked on a feature film called Human Resources, um, directed by one of my best friends, Brayden Swope. Shout out to um, Brayden. Shout out to Brayden. Produced by 
uh, one of my best friends, Kendall Huff, as well as Brayden's his brother, Evan. Mm-hmm. Um, I already mentioned Kendall earlier today. Um, but they are crazy talented people, and this this film is amazing. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to work on it um, mm-hmm. as a production designer, art director. So I that was just a blast. And again, don't know how widely available it'll be yet because they're going to do the festival circuit, and then yeah. hopefully it gets picked up by someone somewhere, and then right. you'll get to see it. It's an amazing yeah. movie. Um, it's a little horror sort of thriller type thing. It's amazing. I'm currently writing a short film, a film noir, uh, that I'm really excited to work on with some of my really close friends out here. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that Paige and I are producing, um, that Paige and Julia are going to star in, that Ethan's going to do cinematography for, <laughs> that you're going to help me with the music for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's something that I'm also really excited about. Yeah. Oh, just, you know, all the, a, lot of, a lot of the movie stuff. It's, it's my, my number one love. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of it going on. Mm-hmm. And also, check this out, because it was the most fun I've had being a part of this whole world. Um, last year, we shot and basically uh, made a trailer remake. Oh, my God. Of- <laughs> Oh God! The first trailer of *A Star Is Born*. We <laughs> called it *A Star Hath, Hath Been, been birthed. birthed*. It oh, was gosh. the brainchild of Rachel Page and Ethan, and <laughs> it is so if, so good. It, if, I mean, yeah, it's really Speaking really good. So my check love it for out. Lady Gaga. Um, yeah, me and Paige star as Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Of course, yeah. I am Bradley Cooper, and mm-hmm. she is Lady Gaga. Um, Ethan shot and edited. Yeah, this shot for shot accurate trailer of yes. the first trailer for a star is born um, exactly and you rylan martins uh <laughs> were so <laughs> gracious when we came and said we need you to record us and you said why and we said we explained and you're like all right so <laughs> um rylan re- recorded us singing badly Paige actually can sing. She will deny that she can sing, but she has a musical theater oh, background. She could she sing. She can sing, and she has a really beautiful voice. Yes, um, yes, she does. But we forced her to sing poorly for the sake of the trailer <laughs> because that's part of the comedy. Yeah. I cannot sing, so that's just me being bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess if you want to check that out, it's a laugh. Um, it watch is, the watch the real trailer first, and then watch ours. Yeah, it's a good laugh. It, we we shot it when the movie was big last year so it's not super relevant anymore yeah but, but isn't it is it though? still <laughs> it i think it is but it is just it's really fun yeah. to watch so yeah check it out <laughs> plug that one i had to it's so good yeah but yeah i think that's pretty much it thank you again thank you for having me this on insane this was so much Loved fun it. and to all those listening um yeah, thank you so much for doing so. It's hard to believe that a couple months I got all of this together and it just went from there. But yeah, I remember um, you Snapchatted us in our group chat, yeah. and you just said like, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we started a podcast?" And we we're like, "Oh yeah, whatever." And a, a few days later, you're like, "I want to start a podcast," and we're like, "Okay, do whatever. Yeah, do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um. A f- like I don't know the next day you're like I'm starting a podcast it's called the soundtracks of our lives and I want you guys yeah. to be on it and we're like whoa like <laughs> the follow-through that you have is amazing I'm super proud of you it, and the, look you. at what you did it's a full like what is this episode eight, eight a full yeah. eight episode season one podcast and yeah. you'll you'll do season two and that'll be amazing mm-hmm. I'm really impressed with how this is all turning <laughs> out it's really cool thank you I mean yeah 
unfortunately it was cut short i had bigger plans for it at least for until the end of the semester yeah. but unfortunately, it was cut short. everything's getting cut short yeah but i was glad to get what i could of course and you know season two will come mm-hmm. out we'll just keep on keeping on mm-hmm. i guess so this will be you know the end of the soundtracks of our lives for a while going a little hiatus but watch for us back in the fall yeah be on the lookout yeah i love you all you know this means the world to me yeah we'll see you in a few months that's all i have to say and yeah we'll see you in the fall bye